This morning I want to speak to you a message entitled, Tough, Confident, Respectful Women. Now we're going to read from Titus, the second chapter, verse 3, starting there, and it says this, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine. Now for all the evangelicals who think wine in the Bible was just grape juice, I'm not sure how they got addicted to grape juice, but it must have happened. But, uh, but teach them what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Today, I want to speak in support of the women's ministries here in our church and hopefully encourage as many women as possible to be involved in women's ministries here, to attend the thing that that uh, I hate that song but uh, uh, <laughs> that's coming up February 1st through the 3rd okay so today I want to speak in support of tough confident respectful women I call them butt kicking women and I married one and I have a daughter who's one and I got an office full of them and they make the world spin for me and it's a wonderful thing I'm a big believer in tough confident, respectful women for this overriding reason. They help to produce godly men. They do. You have no idea how much the right atmosphere in the female culture produces healthy, strong men. Now, not that this is all on you and not on them. They got their own problems and we'll deal with that as well. But uh, today I'm focusing on the ladies. Now, We have a problem and a crisis in America today uh, among the male culture, which we will deal with in time. This morning again, just about the women. But one of the reasons why there is such a breakdown in the male culture is because there is such a just disaster in the female culture. I think back in the uh, late 1800s when men first started going out west to find their fortunes in gold and, and to tame the new land and stuff. These guys, there were guys everywhere out there and they were basically, you know, wild, undisciplined, slobs, violent. And history calls them, calls that period the time of the wild west. They were wild. These guys were just What's interesting is by the early part of the 19th century, just 40, 50 years later, these very same men were now contributing to their society. They were civilized, tamed, productive men. And do you know what historians credit as the reason why these wild men became so tame? The presence of women. The women started coming out. And when those girls got there, they said, hey, you want some of this? You're going to behave yourself. (laughs) Amen. Somebody say amen or or, owe me or something. It was these tough, confident women who went out there and demanded that men behave in a certain way. And it absolutely straightened out that mess out there and turned it around. I often think, man, what would have happened had those women been like the women, so many women, of today. 
who freely would have went out there and just slept with these boys and had sex with these boys and took care of these boys and did everything with these boys and demanded nothing from them and just hoped, I hope someday he'll fall in love with me. Someday I hope he'll change. I'm convinced they would have stayed wild out there. Much like it is today. And you younger girls, listen to me. Don't be throwing your body at some idiot boy. Are you hearing me? You need to treat yourself with respect. You say to him, if I ain't get the ring, you don't get the thing. He's sleeping with these guys and having sex with these nitwits and idiots. If you don't treat yourself with respect, girls, they'll never treat you with respect. It will just empower them to keep treating them like so many of them treat them today as just disposable pieces of furniture. Don't let them do, let them do that to you. Now bad women, I'm sorry, bad men, bad men are not the fault of weak women. Make no mistake, these men will have to answer for their own deeds someday. God's not going to, on judgment day, go, well, the girls let him do it. It's no big deal. All right, they're going to answer for their own deeds. But make no mistake, weak women often facilitate and make it possible for men to behave poorly. I encourage women, they need to confront these boys, some of them 40 and 50 years of age, Boys who've never grown up to be real men and become real responsible, considerate human beings. To confront these boys and start requiring a certain standard of behavior out of them. But when a woman is afraid and weak, she will not do it. Page two. (laughs) Let's have a look. At these tough, confident, respectful women. First of all, they're tough women. These are women who know right from wrong. Who know what the Bible has to say about life's important questions. And by the way, I'm focusing on women of faith. Okay, I, I don't really expect a lot out of our pagan culture out there. To me, I'm shocked that they, they focus and, and, and do anything at all. They're a mess. What, I, what fries my Puerto Rican pancakes... <laughs> whatever that means, is, uh, is, is the church when we act like the heathens. These are women who understand what the Bible has to say. They're able to see black and white where weaker women can only see a world of confusing gray. I don't know. I don't know. Is that right? Is that wrong? I don't know. And who are not afraid to stand up. And contend for what they know to be true. These are tough women. They're confident women. These are women who know who they are. They know themselves. They know their strengths and their weaknesses. And have the wisdom to play to their strengths. And who don't go about whining about their weaknesses. And most importantly they know how to effectively communicate who they are to those who are closest to them. Particularly their husbands. They know who God created them to be. They know what the word of God says about who they are. And how valuable and treasured they are by God. They have a sense of their intrinsic value. Throw themselves away. Some idiot boys. 
These are women who know they are truly loved and truly don't need a man to make them feel loved. you are a hollow empty soul looking for someone to complete you do us all a favor stay single somebody say amen Amen. marriage isn't about two hollow souls making themselves whole it's about two healthy people getting together and building a life together and these are respectful women These are tough and confident women who from a position of strength know how to show respect to their husbands. These are women who understand and appreciate spiritual authority and who are in no way, shape or form intimidated or confused by it. But perhaps the best way to understand tough, confident, respectful women is to take a look at the opposite. Sadly, most of us are familiar with the opposite. That would be weak women. Unlike the godly, tough women, these women do not know what is right and what is wrong, what is acceptable and what is not. They are constantly victims of narcissistic, self-centered men who bully their ways by taking advantage of these women. They honestly don't know. The more that I deal with couples around the country, men and women, as they come to me and ask for advice, the more I hear what I hear, the more I am convinced about this crisis in the female culture. This started some years ago uh, as uh, women would come to me for counseling. And I would hear just outrageous stories. A lady comes in, she says, and I'm talking about Christian couples. Christians! Again, what the heathens do, that's their own stupidity. But not in the church. This should not be happening in the church. Christian couples, wife comes to me and says, you know, my husband, he stays out till 2 o'clock in the morning every night with his buddies and never tells me where he is and it bothers me. What should I do? What should I do? Another Christian woman comes, you know, my husband spends lots of time flirting with old girlfriends and stuff and it kind of bothers me. Am I wrong? What should I do? What should I do? And I remember struggling with this with Debbie. And I, I said, finally one day I, I asked myself, Deb, why don't I do that? I said, do you know why I don't do that? Because she would kill me. <laughs> I was trying to explain this to a group of women one day. And one lady says, no, 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 Pastor Mark, you don't do that because you're a good man. And I went, no, 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 I don't do it because she would kill me. And she said, well, I don't know if that's true. I said, think, you would kill me. You're right, I'd kill you. But I don't, I said, stop and think of every couple we know that has a good marriage. And I started naming names. What do you think would happen to Lathan if he started behaving like that? His wife would kill him. Every couple who has a good marriage, it, it, you laugh about it. You laugh about it. Eileen, Kabir's a big guy, but you would kill the boy. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just not, a, you know, it's just over with. You know, they're not going to tolerate that kind of behavior. 
But weak women, they, they don't know right from wrong. They're not sure. Everything's gray and confusing. I don't know. They're doing these things. Am, am I wrong for feeling badly? What should I do? One lady comes to my office and says, You know, my, my husband, I found, he took a picture of his genitalia and emailed it to another woman on the internet. Pastor Mark, what should I do? Well, I said, what did he say when you confronted him? Oh, oh, I didn't say anything to him yet. My wife would never ask, what should I do? You know what she would do? She'd say, you better, you better hang on to that picture. Because that's going to be the only reminder you have of your genitalia. What should I do? Then there's the insecure women. These, of course, are the polar opposites of confident women. These insecure women have no idea who they are and are unsure of their value. They treat themselves in such a cheap way because they don't see any value in themselves. Now keep in mind, I need to say this to you. This is not their fault. Women who are like this are most often the result of very poor, often abusive childhoods. Many of them have had overly critical mothers or absent fathers who were never there for them. And don't you be careful how you raise those children. Do not be screaming, you're a loser. You're a nothing. You'll never be a nothing. If I were to ask, don't, don't raise your hand, but you, you know, because I don't want to. You would be shocked. How many people would raise their hands right now? I said, how many of you, your parents or whatever told you you were going to be a loser? Man, hands would go up all over this place. I can't even comprehend that. As much as a hellion I was when I was a child. My mother never said those kinds of things to us. She always says, you are something. You don't have to act that way. You're better than that. You can accomplish anything. You can be anything. You can do anything. She says, because you're a gunger. (laughs) Took me 20 years to figure out that didn't mean anything. But I I, I still, I'm a gunger. I don't act like that. And be careful with your children. Now, and this is not designed to make you feel bad because I know this affects a lot of people, but we cannot help change this if we're afraid to talk about things. But the reality is when you divorce, you are creating a disaster, an emotional disaster in the lives of those children. We have got to stop this insanity. Got to be so concerned about you. And nobody knows it better than you who've been through it. A lot of your kids are a mess. This is an emotional disaster. Some of you have lived through it and you're repeating it still. It's time to stop. When people, you know, when we were growing up, they'd say, well, you know, it's better that, you know, they, you divorced and the children live in a, in a home with conflict. Baloney. The most destructive thing you can do is terrorize those children by ripping away the foundation 
that they've come to know of his mom and dad. There are other cultural and social reasons why so many women today feel so lonely and insecure. I call it the the dissolution of the female social structure. You know, for thousands and thousands of years, people pretty much lived within just a mile, a few miles of where they were born. Not that many people went, you know, just traipsing off all over. Then the Industrial Revolution comes along and people start just... And we live in a culture today where people just move all over the place, thousands of miles over here and over there. And while this has had really no impact on the male culture, because men make friends very easily. Extremely so. Most guys, we can get together and, and go bowling one time and we're buds for life, man. We're just, hey man, how's it going? Good to see you, bro. I love you, man. Jesus. But the female culture doesn't handle it well and has not handled it well. It used to be girls would grow up around their mothers and their grandmothers and their aunts and their sisters and their friends. And they would all live life together. They went to school together. They had children together. They washed clothes together. There was a strong fabric in the female community which has been ripped to shreds in this country over the last hundred years. And it's hard for women. Some of you women in your 40s and 50s, to this day, your best friends are the ones you, girls you went to high school with. Most guys, would, we wouldn't even think in terms like that. Oh yeah, I remember that guy, I have no big deal. This is sad. It's not your fault. But this is where the opportunity for the church to step up. To work hard to build a culture within a family of faith that connects women, that pulls women together. This is why it's so important for you to get involved in some of these ministries in the church. To go like on a retreat like this. And you guys who are whining and complaining because your wife's going to be away from you from two or three days, shut up! (laughs) This will help you. She, you know what happens to women who don't have very many friends? They try to get all their emotional needs from their husbands. And they pick your brain to death. <laughs> Men are not designed to meet the emotional needs of a woman. They never have been. They never will be. They pick on guys a lot for that. There's nothing wrong with us. We're just men. The reason why some of you women are so frustrated with your husbands is because men make really lousy girlfriends. <laughs> We make, not only are we incredibly ugly women, we just bad women all the way around. And you're trying to get all this from a guy and you're frustrated and you're lonely. It's hard for women to connect. I get it. And you can put a thousand women in a, in, a, in a room like this and half of them will feel as lonely as they can possibly feel. They don't connect well. It's an opportunity for the church to rise up and and, in an atmosphere of a family of faith. I'm so big on this family concept where we encourage these women to connect. And it doesn't happen right away. It won't happen just because I'm yelling at you today. It's going to take some time. But we need to encourage that and foster that in this church so we have a culture of healthy women who don't feel isolated and alone, who are there for one another. Vitally important stuff. All this moving away from friends and family has had a really negative impact on a lot of women. And I know a lot of you don't have any choice. I understand that. We can't fix the world. But we can certainly make a place that's safe in the church. 
You know, it's interesting. The Bible says this. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. It's interesting. He never says that about the women. Now we assume that it means that. I'm going to pull an Eddie here. My brother Eddie's always asking, what if? What if? You know, I just yell at people. But let me ask you a what if question. What if that's intentional? What if God never really intended for women to be just stripped away from their families and living in some place who knows where? It's just a question we need to ask ourselves. Some of you young guys think about marrying some girl and ripping her away from her family. It's hard on them. It's difficult. And again, I know a lot of you don't have any choice and, and life does stuff. And I get it. But all the more reason the church needs to step up and encourage them to connect. Then finally we have disrespectful women. These are the witchy women. Only we use a different consonant usually. (laughs) But we'll stick with W for today. Disrespectful women who are quick to point out their husband's faults, who constantly remind him of his failures, who cause him to be filled with self-doubts, and who emasculate his sense of manhood. They cry out to them, Why don't you be a real man? And then they create an atmosphere where that man can never truly become a real man. And I promise you, I will pick on the boys in the days to come, okay? But you want to understand, people have known this for centuries. They say, make statements like, you know, every successful man you look behind him is a strong, confident woman. Women create an atmosphere where these men can truly... Some people think this is a, a, a strong woman, the witchy woman. This is not a strong woman. This is usually a damaged one. Who compensates by being very disrespectful. And tearing at the very thing she thinks she's trying to build. These are the women who have no sense of understanding of or appreciation for the concept of spiritual authority who feel threatened by the very talk of it. You know, obviously, we need to put uh, in the bookstore our... our my, I do a teaching on establishing your husband as a spiritual head of your home. If you haven't heard that teaching, you need to get that and, uh, and listen to that. Um, it's, uh, I did that. I, I spoke to uh, 200 women about this and, and my goal was to get out of there alive. And... Uh, <laughs> And I did. But it's, it's a great teaching. You need to hear this so you can start understanding it. But these kind of women, they don't, ah, I want nothing of that. I'm not going to respect him. He doesn't deserve it. Why should I give him respect? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says you should. And not only that, you don't understand. When you do something like that, when you treat someone with respect who doesn't deserve it, you know who you're being like? You're being like God. It is he who calls things that are not as though they were. This is the God who looked at Abram. A man unable to, foster, to, to sire a family. Had no children. Comes to him and says, your name's not going to be Abraham. I'm calling you Abraham from now on. God called him Abraham, which means a father of a multitude. God called him a father of a multitude for years before he ever had one child. Abraham eventually became that which God called him. Look at the life of Gideon. Talk about a wuss. Gideon was the king of wusses. You start to open the first story of Gideon. He's hiding out. Man, he's, he's, he's like in the basement hiding out from... He's afraid somebody's going to find him and pick on him. And 
God comes to him and says, Hey, you mighty man of valor! Gideon goes, Who are you talking about, man? I'm a chicken. He says, I'm the least of the least of the least! He's God's picking on us out of the water. And God calls him, You're a mighty man of valor. You know what happened? He became a mighty man of valor and delivered his nation from the oppressors. This is the God who took a jellyfish of a man named Simon. Jesus said, I'm changing your name. Really to what? To Peter. It means a rock. <laughs> Have you read Peter? He's, he's a jellyfish. <laughs> Do you know Jesus? No, I, I never heard of him. I, never, I don't know who that is. No, but he became the rock Jesus called him. Calling those things which are not as though they were. It's called faith. It changes things. When people treat you a certain way. Even that which you don't deserve. How do weak, insecure, respectful women turn into tough, confident, respectful women? By the verse we just read from Titus. Which basically says this. The stronger women need to teach the weaker ones how to live. How to live, not just why to live and it's good to do the whys you know. and I know the ladies are starting a Bible study on, on Tuesday evenings on January 30th you ought to check into that at 6.15 it's great for you to learn about the Bible so you can get some confidence in you but a lot of times the church only deals with the why to live, we teach them the Bible and the, but I'm telling you girls it's not enough, you leaders in the church you women, the why part of this is not enough we have got to start you showing these women how to live. How? You do it this way. You do it this way. You respond this way. This is how you deal with a guy in a situation like that. This is how you handle your children. This is how you do it. Because I promise you, in this culture of broken women, and again, it's not their fault. But they don't know how to live. I know this because when I first started teaching this about a year and a half ago, then, then some women came up to me and said, you know, I, I listen to what you said about being tough and I'm, I'm kicking my husband out of the house. And I said, why? What happened? He said, well, he, he was going to go bowling and I didn't want him to. <laughs> it's not what I'm talking about. And it just became clear to me. They honestly don't know how. I might talk about the, uh, the extremes and how these women ought to kick these guys out for these extreme behaviors. But the women don't know how to translate it to their life. They don't know the how. We need a mentoring culture. And what that calls for is you strong, confident Christian women who get this. Who have great marriages, great children, strong lives. You need to start showing these weaker ones how to do it. And the churches, we invite people in, people outside who are not in a, in a culture of faith. They're going to walk in weak in the door. You need to show them how and you need to connect with them how. But I know I get it. Really strong, confident women don't want to spend time with weak women. They don't. I know you don't. Because they suck your brain dry. And there's, you know, you know, I don't want to Really, believe it or not, really strong, confident women are kind of repulsed by really weak women. But I need you to break out of your comfort zone. And you need to start reaching out to some of these who don't get it and teach them how to live life. Because the Bible says the stronger ones should teach the weaker ones how to live and you're never going to do that if you never spend any time with each other and if it's just on the surface and, and you've got to get past the, the you know women have this you know get them a bunch of them together it's like cat fights 
Got to get past all that. And it's not going to happen right away just because I hollered at you today. I get it. But we need to set a culture of this. We need to put a safety net in this place where women can become strong and confident and healthy. If we can fill this church with strong, confident, healthy, butt-kicking women who do not just take what the devil throws at them, we will change the world. It will have an impact on the city. And the beautiful end result is it will create an atmosphere where men can start being real men because the women will not tolerate phony men. My goal is to make it so that phony men have no place to hide. And I got, I'm coming at you. Give me a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm going to ask our ushers to come back up, get ready to serve communion this morning. Our worship team to come back up here. You know this thing about God calling those things which are not as though they were. You know, this is what God did for you. He saw you at your worst and called you by your very best. He looked at you when you were the biggest mess, the biggest failures, involved in the worst sins. I mean, it's amazing he does. If I were God, I'd have killed us all already. But he, he looks, and in spite of the obvious ickiness, he looks past all that, and he sees the potential. He sees the best. He calls those things which are not as though they were. My question to you this morning is, do you truly believe in Jesus? Because I promise you, he absolutely believes in you. Do you have this relationship with him? I promise you, God wants to bless your life. The purpose of all this is to encourage you to grow. He wants you to grow, to become strong. If we have another several hundred years on this earth before Jesus comes back we need to be building a legacy of strong families and children of faith and strong grandchildren and strong great grandchildren and really incredible great 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 grandchildren who get this and in the middle of a culture that's lost its mind and its way people of faith are growing stronger and stronger and confident why? because they're taking this love of God they're taking this faith that God has in us and we start rising to the potential that we can be do you believe in Jesus? he so very much believes in you We're getting ready to take communion this morning. Jesus proved his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He went to the cross. His body was broken so we could become whole and healed. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of sins. I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning. If you're here this morning, if you've never ever truly surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with us. I'm going to ask everybody to repeat it. But if this is your very first time, just pray this from your heart and believe this. And you can start having this relationship with this wonderful God who cares so very much about you. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I put my trust in you this morning. I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins.
thank you for loving me. Thank you for believing in me. Help me to truly know you.